What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. UFC Vegas 75, right? 75? I'm terrible with the numbers at this point. I can't keep up. But well, we're back with a brand new episode sponsored by Nerd Focus. Thank you guys for powering the podcast. If you don't know what new what Nerd Focus is, go check them out. It's a new think drink. I, I like that name, the think drink. Nootropic energy drink. What's better than that? I'm not even sponsored by them, but Cheers. I like them. The sugar-free one's my favorite. I actually like that one, too. I don't mind the carbs, though, sometimes. That's fair. Um, but let's get into it. I'm back. Obviously, we have the Hall of Fame. No big deal. Um, Cage Fury, to my surprise, well, I kind of ruined the surprise because I kind of knew about it. Um, <laughs> that was cool. That yeah. was a really cool experience, honestly. It was, it was a fun event. Yeah. Um, Kelvin was supposed to come to the dinner, him and his plus one. And then I called him and I realized he's just started a new job. Yeah. I was like, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. And I go, wait, 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 you, you just started your job. Wait, how are you going to pull this? He goes, I just thought about that. I was like, yeah, all right, so I'm going to pivot. So I hit up Ray. I asked him when he was coming in town, and he told me he was going to figure out some things with the ride. And uh, somehow me. he managed to get Steve. That was me. To drive him. That's it. I was the plus one. So they came down. It was a cool event, man. Got to share it with some special people. Obviously, the, the whole staff at Cage Fury, which was pretty dope. Because those were the guys that were there pretty much since the beginning when I fought there in, I think, 2012 at Resorts Casino. See, that's pretty crazy. I didn't even know they were around that long. Like, yeah, on the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. I got video footage of this, like doing vlogs and stuff. I remember doing editing a music video for my brother back then, mm -hmm. Troy, when he was rapping. Um, cool to see heavily. Troy down there. Yeah, so it was cool. Him and Kelvin came out the next day. Came a little late, but they got there. So we had the dinner. We, we had the induction to the Hall of Fame. Um, first ever. So what they're going to do is, every time they do it, it's going to be this new piece from Spivak Jewelry, which is pretty dope, man. Uh, 14 karat gold, Cuban link, couple carats. I ain't gonna tell you how much. I gotta get this thing in short ASAP. I don't know what any of that stuff means, but it's a it looks nice beautiful. Piece. Yeah, yeah no, it actually looks nice really piece. cool. Yeah, so I was, it was cool. They showed like a little uh, montage clip kind of thing of mm -hmm. some of my past few fights with them and whatnot, and they let me talk. I, I wasn't expecting to talk. I thought they were just gonna say, hey guys, this is the dinner. This is what we're doing. Shake some hands, kiss some babies, go home, get ready to coach. And um, so that was a cool little experience. And then they did it again the next night, but this time they showed the whole mm -hmm. video for the entire arena, and I thought that was pretty cool. And it was on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, yeah, no, so it was I, really cool. Yeah, I got a lot of people that messaged me about it, and uh, just saying congrats. So th that was a cool experience. You know, for me, it's like the whole journey has been a lot of ups and downs. In the beginning, of course, it was mostly ups. The time, and the time for the sport was a little bit different in terms of the skill set. Now it's a lot steeper with competition. Like, you fight for Cage Fury, you are fighting some hammers. And even back then, like, I was fighting some of the toughest guys around in the Northeast region, which typically, if you can survive that circuit, you pretty much got into the UFC, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I fought a lot of good guys, very green. I got my licks, but, I, you know, I carved my name out on the East Coast before I get into the UFC. So it was, it was a very emotional thing. I had to fight back in tears a little bit. I was I know, like, he was uh, crying. Don't listen to him. He didn't fight him back. He was nah, crying. I, I fought them back. I know. So keep picking there. <laughs> and they got back in. Uh, so it, it was a cool experience, man. And I just hope for you guys and everyone else that's competing to kind of get a similar experience with the Cage Fury. I do feel like fighting for them, I was able to get that big show feel on the regional level. Mm -hmm. So then when I went up, I was like, man, 
with these bright lights, yeah, they're, they're a little bit brighter. I'm not gonna lie, but mm-hmm. it did feel like I was there already. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool part about it. And I, if there was any experience I could give guys, it's like, man, fight for this type of show because this is what it's gonna feel like. But on top of that, it's gonna be like times five mm-hmm. in terms of the magnitude, the arena, the cameras, the press, the media. We didn't do all of that on a regional circuit, especially back then. Mm-hmm. But now they've stepped their game up, fight pass, the whole nine. And now they're at the Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah, that was a beautiful venue. Which is a step up from Borgata where I fought. <laughs> so they're continuing to do bigger and better things. And we might even partner up one day. We'll see. Oh, wow. Yeah. You that'd might see Aljamain, the, the vice president of Cage Fury. Holy, that'd be terrifying. Might be like Ray Suffo. <laughs> <laughs> the president that fights and might beat you up for your paycheck. <laughs> um, so with that being said, we had three guys fight. Damian Nelson lost via split decision. Dennis Bazookia won via second round rear naked choke. Um, and then uh, and via backpacking. Oh yeah, he cut no. the corner beautifully. beautifully. Come on, dude! I was like, I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, so proud to see that. No, especially like seeing him like start from you know just where he started to yeah. see how much he's developed. Like that is really awesome to see. Like that's a tricky move to hit. That's not easy. No, took his back right off it. Got the choke in. I mean, I think he just. They really broke the guy down. It was a really, a really good fight, I think, at this point. Like, he's, yeah. I think he's earned a shot at the UFC for a while, honestly. But I think this kind of almost solidifies it. Um, if you don't get it, I don't know what else is going on. No, because I think he has the style that the UFC loves. You know, he's a fucking knockout artist, can get submissions clearly. Um, I think he just has all the, he's the right package. And he got a fucking a million Albanians that I didn't sure. even know existed <laughs> following him. That's what I'm saying. I think, uh, I think the UFC would be doing themselves a disservice without signing this guy. Yeah, I think they will. I think it's we we've talked behind the scenes. Like I think there's a reason why they haven't given you the call yet. And I was like, let's slow down with that and let's see what, what's what's, what's going to happen. Yeah. So hopefully, good things happen after this one, and he's going to get that call up. And then an emotional comeback for me, and obviously for Charlie, yeah. coming back like that from a brutal knockout in a fight that he was dominating on the contender series, and then gets runs gets over anxious, runs in and makes one reckless mistake. And gets cracked, put to sleep. Um, it was a bad knockout. You know, he had a lot of symptoms for a very long time. Yeah. And it's one of those things, because I've, I've been there before, where it almost feels like, yo, your career might potentially be done before it even really got started. Thankfully, he was able to have this return against a guy with some with some good with some good experience. Yeah, definitely. Had it was a lot a, of experience. It was a weird awkward style. style. No, very awkward. Look, I said he was like a lightweight Tim Elliott. Like, no, yeah. no offense to Tim Elliott, actually. Like, but it's just a... Very awkward to deal with, but again, I think Charlie's just a fucking hammer, you know. And uh, that's funny too. Like even when you were talking about it, like uh, this is the upside of the gym. There's always just guys who have a lot more experience that have already been there. So like a guy like Charlie, you know, he got knocked out, put in a pretty shitty situation. Um, but he can always like talk to you and be like, yeah, like, how, I mean, not to even like just how did you feel and like what did you do to come back? Because I'm pretty yeah. sure you fought like a couple months after the knockout against Brett Johns, like... Yeah, but you I took some time a, off. Yeah, yeah, no, I took some much-needed time off. I, I think Charlie train. did the same thing. He uh, he said this, he, had, he almost had to, but yeah. uh, he did the same thing, and I think that I came back in a big way. I mean, first-round knockout to win like that, you could see, like, right after the fight how emotional he was, like, uh, how much that meant to him. So, you know, just how could you not be happy for a guy like that? See, stuff like that gets me going, yeah. man. It, it, it motivates me, gets me emotional. I'm like, I... I when you're in the trenches, man, you know what you sacrifice. You know what you give to the sport. You know what can be taken away from you. And it's like the light at the end of the tunnel, and then someone just cuts your Achilles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't walk anymore. Yeah. You're just done. Right there in the tracks. 
So congrats to him, man. That was a vicious knockout. Threw that right hand. The kid fighting with his hands down. Threw a kick. Right hand just lines him up. Left hook right on the chin. Puts mm -hmm. him out. And then he followed up with a vicious ground and pound shot that was just like, like I don't even know if we even need to do that, but... I, I, at that point, you know, the, hand, the, the cannibal just nah, saw nah, red. Yeah, <laughs> Probably's a dangerous man. Or like, yellow. Again, yeah. <laughs> so I just think, saw uh, yellow. Again, same thing. I think the exact fight style the UFC wants, I'm telling you. I think he is uh, another guy at 155. Like, uh, you, you want a guy like him. Trust me. Uh, he will deliver an exciting fight no matter what. So I think that's not even unfortunately. That's just the only way he can do it. So yeah. yeah. What else can you ask for in a fight, you know? You know, so it was a lot of good fights for Cage Fury. And uh, we had a good showing. You know, Damian lost a split decision. Nothing to hang his head about. I talked about talked about it a little bit with him. I'm like, dude, Marab's been here before. I've been here before, but in, at the big show, two split decisions in a row. I know the other one was a, a finish, and then this one was a split. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not a, it's not really a skill set um, well, that's, issue. That's the issue with him. I think it's just he almost always just looks like he's probably technically the better guy. Just, just do. For him, it was. I think it's just one little mind shift. Of, Dude, just yeah, go. Like you're the guy. Like uh, even in that fight, I think he had a couple situations where he probably could have put the guy away, yeah. or just at least at the bare minimum, really just gone after him a little more. And I think it would have made clear to the judges where they couldn't even, they couldn't even make an argument for the other guy. You know? Yeah, and I talked to him about that. I was like, I think you just need to turn up the volume just a, a little, little bit. More. That's it. And uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be surprised. And I and one of the things I feel we both have. I don't know if it's a Caribbean thing, the way a lot of Caribbeans <laughs> like raise their kids. Like, uh -huh. I think this is truly a real thing, and I, I have a lot of friends from the Caribbean region, Jamaicans, Haitians. Like, we all tend to have similar upbringings where the parents are just very harsh, tough love. But from my experience, that tough love that doesn't come with a whole lot of motivation okay. or support. It's uh -huh. more in the sense of. Why are you acting like an idiot? Uh-huh. It's not constructive. It's, it, it, there's nothing positive mm -hmm. about reinforcing your ability or your intelligence. Yeah. It's always more demeaning than anything and almost like making fun of you. So for me, I felt I dealt with a lot of insecurities coming up through elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, just the way my parents, really my dad, would uh, handle us. Uh-huh. And... Uh, it makes you feel a little insignificant in regards to what you can do, you know, call me stupid like multiple times to the point where I really start to believe like, yo, maybe I'm just not that smart. Jesus. And uh, I can feel for him in that. And I said to him, I was like, I feel like you're not trusting what you can do the same way I wasn't trusting what I could do. Oh. And then I got to that point where eventually I just got over that hump where I finally became an All-American. Mm. Um Came back even after losing in the first round my senior year and then coming back and winning three straight matches against a returning All-American in the very first round. Mm -hmm. And it's all this mental block that you got to kind of get over and believing that you are good enough. And that's when I kind of separated myself more from my family, especially my dad, and started becoming my own man mm -hmm. and learning from other people that were more of a father figure. So I feel like for him, I was like, dude, we see so much potential in you. 100%. That I think you're just not seeing and believing yet. But when you get there, I'm telling you, you're going to be like, man, I did not know I was this freaking good. I was 100%. like, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to say. I'm like, yo, I'm fucking nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a weird way of saying it. It almost comes off cocky or arrogant. But, dude, it, it is what it is. No, 100%. If you're good, you're, you're fucking good. You should be able to go out there and say that. I think, well, and again, I think. In a reasonable way. No, of no, course. of course. But I think, especially for all of us who train with him, like, you see some of the stuff he does. You're like, dude, like, what the, like. 
do 10% of that. Like, go do that. The, like, you know, some of the stuff he is capable of, I think, is phenomenal. I just think you're exactly like what you're saying. Like, he has to believe he can actually do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, to be fair, I think there's a lot of guys at the gym that are like that. It's funny because, like, I remember Longo always would uh, say that about you specifically. I was going to say that, but I was like, I hate No, no, it I don't want to get no, no, But, like, I, that's why I'll do it. But that's why, uh, no, for Longo to this day, is still saying, like, man, like, you guys got to see what Aljo can do. Like, really, like, even in these championship winning performances, he's like, dude, like, nah, 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 you're still not really seeing, like, what I'm seeing. So, uh, yeah, I, I even said, like, he gave up that third round, and I was like, I felt. I felt like I was watching myself for a brief uh-huh. second. Like, I get to a point where I get comfortable and then I take my foot off the gas. And before, I used to be that kid who would just go forward, but then I would get caught by making mistakes, stupid mistakes, and lose these big moments, these big opportunities. And I kind of dialed back and become a little bit more reserved in my approach, where I'll do a lot more in training than I would do in a competition. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's where he is right now. And once he flips that switch, I think good things are going to happen because. And I told him, I was like, dude, not trying to, I don't like when people compare themselves to other people. You're your own man. 100%. But I said to him, look at, look at De- uh, Dennis's and Charlie's performance. You train with those guys. Yeah. And you, you And how them. do you do with you those do guys? You great with those guys. And, and I go, what the fuck is the difference? No, you're 100% right. That's I, a- and yeah, I'm like, obviously he's down a little bit. I'm like, I'm saying this to motivate you. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to get discouraged and feel like there's no way that you could possibly get there. Dude, I've seen people in worse situations. Brian Kelleher, perfect example, mm-hmm. who lost so many fights on the regional circuit. Mm-hmm. Somehow, someway, he wins like five or six in a row, knocks off all the top prospects in like the Northeast region, mm-hmm. then gets the call up. And Crazy. then gets a submission in his first, his first fight in the UFC. So for him, I feel like he's in a very similar spot. And uh, that's the name of the game, man. It's a lot more mental than it is physical. I think people tend to forget that. Mm-hmm. Even similar to like, like for me and this approach to my next fight, it's the mental approach to everything. Like, and this is like giving away a little bit of the of the sauce, but I've said this multiple times. As long as I feel good, dude, I feel like, yeah, you could try to will yourself into feeling good, but there's a part of it where it becomes, yeah, the physical preparation can only be so much, mm-hmm. and then the mental is what takes over and it sells you to the next level. And... uh I think that's what that fight is for me. Yeah. And not even just that one, just any fight. So with that being said, man, congrats to those guys. I think Damien more so learned than loss. And I think there's a lot more for him to gain out of that situation. It just depends on how he looks at it. Depends on how he flips it. And uh, goes out there and just make those mental adjustments. No, I agree with that 100%. I got I to gotta run out of here soon. So let's uh Okay. Talk about yeah, let's do fights. this. So we got the main event, um, Ken and Air versus Marvin Vittori. That was a barn burner of a Good fight. God. I don't know what was going on with that Southpaw thing that Ken and Air was doing and then kept getting touched up. Yeah. Got, I was like, the fight's about to be over if he keeps going back to Southpaw. And every time I'm like, yep, this is like the beginning of the end. But yeah. then he survived. And uh, then he came back in the second round and the tides, the tides turned quickly. Holy crap. That second round turned, I mean, changed everything. I mean, yeah. exactly what you were saying, too. Every time he went southpaw, it looks like he was getting hurt. I thought Vittori was even like, even though Vittori was getting hit, uh, he was landing clean shots. And it looked like, what's his name? Uh, Cannonier looked like he was getting impacted worse than Vittori was, despite Vittori's face. I mean, it was crazy to watch. I just thought, man, when Cannonier hit him, like, that was horrifying. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I just think, unfortunately, Vittori stylistically is going to be. Uh, or, uh, sorry, Cannoneer is stylistically a tough matchup for Vittori because he can just thump. And, and Vittori... his arms are so long. And he's just uh, he's just like, awkward. Like, even yeah. the stance switching just made no sense to me. I'm like, it's like almost like 
you know, like the guy at the gym that's like super awkward. He's sometimes way tougher to deal with than the guy who's just doing the traditional things correctly, like yeah. perfectly. You're just like, okay, like I've seen this a million times. And you see this, you're like, dude, why is this guy changing? Like, I'm just going to kick him right now. You're like, would that work? Like, what the hell's going on? Like, you're almost more confused how this yeah. guy's thought process is. Even like that kid Duncan who fought later in the night. I don't know Dun- what oh, I was watching. I'll tell you, the man's walking backwards. I don't, dude. With his I like, ass this, turned to him. This guy's either a genius like, or a complete buffoon. Come I get, really don't come, know. Come get these cheeks. Come get these cheeks. Why is he always saying these things? <laughs> it's crazy. He turned his butt to him. No, no, like, he did. And then he started backing it up to he him. Was like, the, what's going on right now? Petrosian. It's on Petrosian to just thump him for that, though. Like, yeah. no man's turning his butt at me. That's crazy. And then looking at me with that side eye, like. That was wild. Bart? I was either, like, again, if he Bart? won, he would have looked. Brilliant though, I guess. So he almost finished him in that third round. Crazy. Nah, he crazy. hurt him bad with that spinning elbow. I was like, "What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, they had a, a lot of a decent amount of fun fights on there. That. Uh, but what is next for Cannonier though? That's a tough Strickland? part. Strickland. Again, what? didn't they fight already? They did, fought already. Oh, they did fight already. I guess. All right then. It's a the, fun division because they at least all fight have fought each other for yeah, the most part. That yeah, that is interesting. Wait. Oh, he did beat Strickland. Oh, that was Gastelum, close. That was all right. Beat Brunson, Strickland, now okay, Vittori. How about Vittori fights Strickland? Cannonier, he's in that. I mean, thirty-nine years old. He's in a weird spot because yeah. I thought his fight with uh, Adesanya, respectfully, was just awful. Like I really it, no, it was. And but, then you got Whitaker, the one guy who just beats everybody. Yeah. So it looks like it's one, two, and three like that. So no, what can Cannonier do? I don't know. Maybe. He's in a good spot. It doesn't hurt. No, no. I mean, look, again, I thought that was the best performance of his life. So, I mean, at 39 years old, to have a performance like that, again, phenomenal. I just don't know. He's in that tough spot. Like, he's almost in that Robert Whitaker spot, technically, but one step below that. So, it's uh, he's in an interesting spot there. Does Adesanya have a fight yet, though? I am assuming no. I mean, do He's I got do... the winner of Whitaker versus... Uh, Duplessis, Duplessis. Allegedly. Duplessis. I guess we'll see how that goes, right? No, yeah, but Adesanya, I think, he doesn't I have mean, anything look, lined up right now. He's I just thought the vacation. right thing to do was just for him to wait out, have Pereira fight. Uh, they should have put Mahogan. him on the Boston card. They should have put him on the Boston card. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> what, uh, There's no one for him to fight, though. Not yet. Yeah, right now. Unless, again, they, unless they wanted to make that Duplessis fight before the Whitaker fight just to give him somebody. I don't know how Duplessis even wins any of these fights, but good for him. Yeah. And the other thing about Ken and Aaron, exactly. his ground and pound is vicious, man. Holy crap. It looked like the, honestly, just the takedowns alone are terrifying, not for the control, but the guy looks like he's going to just kill you from top. Like, yeah. Uh, you don't really, that's a, that's a cool part, too. Like, not many uh, guys have that old school ground and pound, like, you know, like the like Tito or Coleman. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't see that very often anymore, but, like, it's like you don't have to worry about Kenya, you know, passing and holding you. No, you got to worry about this guy thumping you on the ground. That's actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> the thump. Just fucking elbowing you like that. I'm like, it's Vittori, bad. get up, man. I can't watch this yeah. anymore. But, but, yeah, Vittori is a, is a dog, Not man. A dog. Staying there. Like, most guys would be like, let me just cover up and then take a couple of these. And then when the ref jumps in, just make a face. Yeah, like, oh, why'd like, you nah, stop that? No, no, I was there. Nah, he, but he was fighting. I mean, you got to respect that. I mean, holy shit. He was fully focused for that. Nerd focus. All right. <laughs> I gave the wink. Ding. I like that. It's <laughs> a good uh, ad. But yeah, shout out to Vittori for that, man. Because, I mean, he did everything he could. I know he's probably going to be a little bummed out about it because now he puts himself a little bit further back in the rankings. But he's young. He's 29. He is young. That right? is crazy. Yeah. No, he's, he's got some time. Yeah. And again, I don't know. He could still. Look, he's yeah, got a lot of options. Like, you got to end up going to 205. You never really know. This is what I say respectfully. If Bisbing could get a shot just by hanging around, and I say this respectfully because it's not like he was the highest ranked guy, no, no. but he was Teixeira. always right there. Yeah. 
So a guy like Vittori, if he could be right there, sometimes that doorway opens up and you can slide right in that thing. Yeah, it's a little bit of loop. What is this guy saying? This and uh, you're good to go. You're right. Go. I don't know why that analogy had to be like that, but no, you're right. I mean, <laughs> again, I think, I think Glover Teixeira fighting John Jones in what was like 2013 and then a decade later fighting for the belt and winning it. I'm like, that's that's kind of nuts. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of guys I think you can uh, pull some inspiration from, like yeah. motivation, not yeah. getting too down on yourself. No, exactly. Because it's easy at that level. You're kind of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And then again, even I'm just fighting a fight. Well, I was going to say, look, kind of like there's guys like Jim Miller who I fucking love. Just I don't for, even get it, dude. The, the man has 800 UFC fights. I don't know. Like, the guy... And he's just a little little fire hydrant that can just keep going. I remember listening to him on Rogan. And I think one of my favorite things he ever said, he's like, man, I think I'm just built like this. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I just can fight. I'll be back the next week. I'm fine. No problem. It's like, I do. And you see his wars. Like, yeah. you got to respect it. The and again, Poirier fight, the Nate Diaz dude. fight, the Cowboy Cerrone fight. But again, listening to him talk, it sounds like he's still got all his faculties. Like, I don't know him behind the scenes. But again, it sounds like a despite everything it's just weird he might be right he is just built different I don't know how else to say it like some it's guys kind of like Marab man Marab, same thing Marab running up mountains with a cast on his hand doesn't just make like, any sense why you just doesn't feel smart but just built again <laughs> just built different well, even like oh you're talking about like the man was working construct, not an easy construction job like a construction construction job and then just training at night like no problem training hard at night like yeah. dude that is exhausting like that you gotta be built or wired different you know and Marab was giving people the works back then too that was pretty rough till this day um Sharyukin versus Silva great good fight. fight good fight it was a short notice for Silva right just kind of stepping in I had no idea or he couldn't what, find nobody to well, fight that's, him. I think that's what they were saying with Sarukian like they couldn't find a guy that was like you know highly ranked that was willing to accept the fight so yeah. they gave him someone on the outside I don't know if any of that's true or not or they're built whatever but it was a again Silva a little brick shit house good fight had a, I mean, clearly had his moments. I mean, he could have, he could have easily, this could have easily gone the other way. I'm gonna say um, moment. His moment, yeah, whatever. Um, and we, I knew going into that, that was his best way of winning would be to catch Sharyukin being really reckless. And the one thing about uh, Sharyukin that I like about Armin, that lead leg kick that he uses, he's so busy with that switch leg, lead leg, jab heavy, and then he just steps in, pop, touches, or he cracks in with that, that switch kick. But it's just, it's not even a lot of a wind-up. It's just a back leg comes up, lead leg just just whips. Mm -hmm. And then he gets you to deliver every single time, then gets you to respect it, or he comes up top, and then he shoots in, and the guy can grapple his ass You can clearly grapple his ass But again, like, even you're, just like you're saying, those kicks are, like, wild, man. He's, like, throwing axe kicks. He's fucking throwing, mm -hmm. like, no, he throws everything, and you're, like, not very telegraphed. I don't know how hard. I mean, first of all, he just They're looks quick, like, man. Yeah, they look quick, and I feel like if you don't see that coming, it's going to hurt no matter what. So, regardless, sure. I just think the guy... Um, no, the guy is a contender. Even that Islam fight, the first fight he had, I thought was competitive as hell. Some of the most fun grappling I've seen in a fight. So this it. is this is where the Dagestani crowd is going to get pissed at me. <laughs> when you see that on a guy in his debut fight, mm -hmm. and he takes Islam the distance, arguably wins a round. And in other rounds, you can make an argument that, hey, man, he took this on short notice. No, competitive as hell. Very competitive. A guy that can grapple. Wrestle his ass off. Looks like he knows some jujitsu. And, and not just regular jujitsu. Can grapple like wrestling. Can wrestle. And wrestle. meet wrestling with wrestling. Yeah. So when I bring this to people and I say, hey, I'm not trying to be biased here. What I'm saying to you is, if you bring someone with the opposite skill set, myself versus Henry Ciudo, a guy who can stop the takedowns, mm -hmm. a guy who can actually get the takedowns, you have a different fight. You have a fight fight. 100%. He had a real fight with Islam Makachev. Absolutely. Again, 
Short notice. Short notice. I think it was like two weeks notice against, again, the top guy at the time, or one of the top ranked contenders at the time. First fight in the UFC to debut. That's kind of yeah. wild for... I hope that's not loud. It's going to... Oh, shit. Um, and so with that being said, uh, I feel like that's why I felt the Darius fight would have been intriguing with... Um, Absolutely. With Islam. 100%. Uh, no, but now you hear people, ah, oh, you know, Oliveira put away Benil. That means, so that means he Islam would have beat him even faster. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So that what means? about Volkanovski? I guess he's just like, I just, you can't do MMA math. Styles make fights. 100%. Benil, I still think, would have been an interesting matchup for uh, 100%. Islam. 100%. But man, fucking Charles Oliveira, Charlie Olives. Charles, Charles goes for it. And in that fight versus the one with him, it just looked very different. And I'm not saying that it, uh, Oliveira comes in this time and wins. No. But I think if he comes in with that mindset, with that attitude. it's a different type of fight. No. And I think, I, do, uh, I think the aura of Khabib and the Dagestani style and the pressure and the wrestling definitely sunk, sunk into his head a little bit. And maybe the strength of schedule and being as active as he was. Well, I was going to say that You alone. have to look at all that. To, yeah. to ignore all of that is ignorant. Mm-hmm. It's very ignorant. You can't just go, well, he stepped in and that was the best Oliveira. I'm like, yes and no. Yeah. There's other variables. It's just like basketball. You could be off on one drive down the court, and you could come back and, and make a pickup, and your teammates could, could kind of rally for you kind of mm-hmm. thing. But in the same sense, there's only one time you get to do that in a fight where if you make one mistake and you get cracked, and that could be the fight. Yeah. No, so, like... yeah. It's a good song. Uh, this is a whole song? I have no idea. You think they can pick that up on a podcast? <laughs> Probably. We got a new laundry here. A new washer and dryer. It's pretty big over here. Um, but with that being said, I think oh, grappler versus grappler in terms of wrestling makes it very, very interesting. So I would like to see that rematch at some point. Absolutely. If Islam even sticks around that long. Because mm. I could see him defending a couple of times and doing the same things. Could be like, All right, guys, I'm good. I made my money. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. And I do think he, uh, Islam also... I think he's kind of vying for that 170 pound shot at some point too. Like, I look, I know, I don't know how that would go. I like, sure. when, he, I like when he talks shit, man. Not I even do, talk shit. I like when he talks confidently. Yeah, no, I do like how. Like, like, let's go. It's not talk that talk. Maybe it's just like the Dagestani, like, matter of fact style, but I love that shit. It's like, I'm going to smash you. I'm like, oh, that's fucking, that's awesome. Like, that's just like no <laughs> question in his mind. It's like, I'm going to smash this dude. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. Well, Saryukin saying the same thing now. I'm going to smash him. Yeah. I like Saryukin's call out of uh, Chandler. Chandler. I thought that was a smart move. And again, like, I think he's probably right on that. Is, is Conor McGregor fighting this man? I, I'm uh, saying very unlikely if he's not in the USADA pool by I don't know, like yesterday or whatever the deal was. But so you yeah. see his tweet. Uh, what do you, what do you say to Chandler? If you really believe your fight with Conor is still happening, that's as dumb as your fight IQ. And I was like, oh, oh. unnecessary. I'm Damn. like, who's writing these tweets? That's foul. Yeah, guys, not even it, from this country. It, Damn. Like, I'm like, if that's you, that's cold that's blooded. <laughs> that again. Love that fight. I don't know. That fight could go either way. Clearly, you know, Sarukian can get chinned. Um, but it's that a fight. Is, that's a fight, exactly. That's the deal. But I would love to see. It's kind of what we were always talking about, too. Like the top lightweights that have been around for years, the Poriers, the Gaethje's, the Chandlers. Instead of fighting each other, I'd like to see them give uh, one of these young, hungry contenders like a shot. One of the younger, hungry, uh, lower-ranked guys. I agree. I agree with that. I think Sharyukin versus anybody. And then you also look at Sharyukin uh, versus Favola on short notice and how that fight went. And uh, I think Favola's a lot more polished than he was back then mm-hmm. and where he is now. Yeah, and credit and, to Favola too. And, and he, Favola can can, can, he can wrestle. He can wrestle. Like, that's why I don't like kind of... It's just funny. He, like, he wasn't like a fucking all-American. He wasn't like a D1 stuff. He just... Oh, the guy just wrestled. Traditional 
American wrestler. Yeah, and that's uh, that, that's huge. That, that uses it in a fight. Absolutely. Ally Quinta uses it 100%. in a fight. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he liked to stand and bang. Um, so but, Travola. Yeah. So then you got that when he fought Khabib. The, got, the, the thing that annoys me is when the the Khabib nut huggers are all like Khabib was playing with him. I'm like, guys, guys, let's be real here. If Khabib could have kept him down, he would have kept him down 1, and finished the fight. One thousand percent. If he could have got a finish, he would have got. There's no yes. man that's gonna stay. I don't care what anyone says. Like, trying to say, I'm can, trying to get ring time. Shut up. That's have crazy. you been in a fight before? What are you talking about? <sighs> nah, it is what it is. But I'm those calm, are. I'm calm. I'm calm. Oh, look, and again, I'm a huge Khabib fan. Like, yes. Let's be reasonable. Like, all right, everyone should be logical on both sides. All right, Khabib fans, Connor fans, whoever. Everyone you can just be fair about it, you know? Yeah. You could be you could be a very big supporter and still be real. Yeah. And it's like, come on, dude, what are we even talking about? Like he got out of all those positions in a technical way. It wasn't like some of these other guys that got taken down, they look like fish out on land that had no idea how to grapple, how to fight Riz, yeah. how to knee slide, how to shrimp. That's high level grappling. Yeah. And on short notice. High level grappling show you can versus Islam. Short notice grap short notice grappling. But at the end of the day, what's the common denominator? Wrestling. Basic wrestling. Basic wrestling. So, again, I'm not saying that Al would have beaten him on a full camp. I'm not saying that Sharyuki would have beaten him on a full camp. But it would have given us a lot more of a competitive fight in the sense of uh, everything being equal. Mm. In the sense of preparation. Because then we don't really, we really don't know. No, I agree with that. We really don't know. Guys, I'm not, I'm not being a hater. We're just calling it how it is. Um... What was the other one? Pat Sabatini, he's back in the win column in a yeah. big way. Domination. No, the ground control is phenomenal. Again, same thing. Good ground and pound, too. Like you, again, you, that's really cool. You kind of see the uh, like the cycles of MMA. Like, again, yeah. we haven't seen that in a while. Just guys who can take guys down and just beat the fuck out of people. Like, <laughs> I was watching crazy. Hunter Campbell in the back. Oh, no. As he's mounting him, slowly inching up and dropping elbows, and he's just like, oh. Oh, no, again, oh. Dude, that's just, you're seeing a guy who cannot defend himself. Like, he's on bottom. That's Dude, brutal. he had his wrist behind his back. Oh, no, no, no. He had the. And he was just getting bodied. I'm like, oh. I thought he was out a couple times in that fight. I know what that a, feels like what? from the top position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the so top that position. was good. The Dolby Muslim Salakov, that was a fun fight. The one that I thought was fucking brutal was that Manuel Torres, that elbow he landed on. Uh, Ooh. Nicholas, holy oh, I guess Mota, that's my guy, man. I felt oh, bad for Mota. I felt bad. Dude, that was a uh, vicious one. That might, you know, yeah, that's one of those. And he chinned him, too, right before that with a nasty Yeah, well, that's hook. the thing. That's what you got to give the guy credit for. He was not deterred by some of the punches he was eating because I was like, oh, shit, you know, Mota's landing some good shots. He went southpaw all of a sudden, just stepped in with that elbow. I'm like, shit, that was vicious. Yeah, Mr. Perfect is back. He beat Kionez. Uh, Carlos Hernandez versus Bondar. This was a fun fight. That was fun. Bondar throws an illegal, blatant knee to the head on a downed opponent. I'm sitting there looking at Carlos, and I'm just like, Carlos, stay down. Oh, my God. I've seen this script before. Let me tell you how it ends. But. But he got up and slammed him. Slammed the man fucking dead. Like, I don't know what. The technical decision I thought was kind of trash. Like, I thought just yeah. giving the man the knockout. Like That was a bit. Also, 84 elbows after with the... one second left on the clock, too, With bro. one second left. I mean, maybe that's what I was going to give the ref credit for. Maybe he was trying to give the guy the full mm -hmm. distance. He's like, you know, there's like 10 seconds left. You hear the clapper. But once that man landed like six unanswered elbows, I'm like, ref, you got to do something. This Yo. is crazy. <laughs> like, it's a murder at that the point. Refs, like, the refs yesterday were looking for... They were looking for just violence. Oh, no, I'm sure... Uh, so... What I was saying to you earlier is I felt like because Bondar threw that illegal knee to the head, mm -hmm. and guys, let's let's be honest, it wasn't flush. 
It's grazed the size of the head. I'm not saying it didn't cause any damage or impact, but Carlos at least saw it, and he at least was able to turn his head a little bit where it wasn't like where, for me, I'm not looking at all, and I just get blasted, completely yeah. blindsided. So I felt, almost felt like the ref saw that. It was like, well, I'm going to make things even now. And <laughs> as he's knocked out unconscious, like initially on the slam, anyone with eyeballs can see that that man was out cold not dead from that headbutt i was saying you're the closest man in the ring too like you got to be able to see that from a mile Dude, away he's standing like, right over him he's just like get I'm up like, <laughs> no that was wild like come on buddy like fight back what are you looking at like, dude he's out no that's boom no, no, boom his arms now you might be right with dude that uh once he was out like that i'm like i don't even know what they're looking for at that point i think i was able to yell he's out he's out he's out he's yeah. out like six times i'm yeah. like that's crazy i was like okay it's even now let me stop this fight yeah right yeah <laughs> illegal blow for that okay cool and then the one with um, who was Ronnie Lawrence versus Argetta. Yeah, Argetta oh. was on his way to winning that anyway. So let's be honest. That's, um, yeah, that's tough. Like I think he would have eventually tapped, but I just think Keith Peterson kind of goofed a little bit. Could have waited a oh, few no. more seconds. He grabbed, He didn't need to grab his hand. Oh yeah, no, no. But that's, when you do, you should be able to. I don't know. Can't you feel like all right, this guy's still fighting? Like, I think when he grabbed his hand, he felt it, it, it looked like he tapped because when he pulled it, I think he pulled back and slapped uh -huh. his body from what I saw. And he thought that was a tap. But it's like, dude, you could see his eyes that he was yeah, still there. Yeah, he's still in there. That sucks. So I, I do understand the experience of the referee, but I do wonder if they know what it feels like to be in that position where you're fighting to the very last second yeah. of consciousness where you can see. Not saying where he's like behind the cage and it's hard to tell. Then that's like, okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. But dude, you're, you're like standing over him. So I'm you like, damn. You should be able to, yeah. You should be able to. So it's, I felt bad. But I do feel, like like Dominic Cruz said, the only person that gets robbed are the fighters. Yeah. No 100%. one else. No one else gets penalized anything. I mean, look, overall though, I thought for a fight night card without the big names that people were, like whatever, the card without the big names people were expecting, solid card overall. Like fun fights, good yeah. finishes. Next week's uh, main event, I'm pretty hyped for. I think everyone should yeah. be. Yeah, but before we go, before we do that, San Hagen versus Umar. Let's go breakdowns. Oh, wow. Already. So, obviously, I think this is a classic striker versus grappler match. But with that being said, Umar can also strike. Umar's, Umar's tricky. Like, he looks explosive. He looks like he's still got... I mean, he's undefeated, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got that undefeated attitude. Well, whatever. He's got that... Uh, <laughs> nah, I think old? right now he like, almost feels like he's untouchable, which I think makes it a tougher matchup. Like, San Hagen's almost more... I don't want to say like it like that, but he's used to. I don't want to say used to losing, you know. But he has lost. Like I think he. It's not gonna. I think this other guy almost doesn't even couldn't even fathom losing, you know. Like I think. Um, yeah. That's what makes Umar so dangerous right now. And again, his. I mean, Hagen took the fight. He took the fight, so he's got to be able to see something. Hopefully that uh, he can capitalize on. I think. I love San Hagen's attitude, where he's like, "Dude, I think I'm just a fucking guy, and I think I'll fight anybody, and I'll still beat him." I'm like, "No, nah, I think that's the sickest attitude to have as a fight fan." Um, risky, especially against the risky. risky against the guy that you know, super low ranked, like the risk to reward. I mean, who knows? We could all be like, he could fucking flying knee the guy in thirty seconds. Everybody like, holy shit! You know, let put San Hagen back into that category. Like, he's that guy. Fucking yeah. give him the title. You know, like that he was. I think just a few fights ago. Um, but the only thing about the flying knee thing is the way Umar fights. I don't think he's really like a pressure heavy guy, like walking you down like Khabib would do. Mm -hmm. Khabib will just walk you down mm -hmm. knowing that strikes are going to come <laughs> and then he'll do this thing where he just checks blocks, he'll eat it, yeah. and just keep coming forward until he eventually gets his hands on you and he'll do that fake. And, he'll and then he'll you. just shoot in, head inside, head outside, and get uh -huh. that double leg or single and take you down. 
or press you against the cage, then trip you or whatever it was and, and uh, take you down. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, the stance switching of Corey is going to pose a lot of problems for takedown entries. But for some reason, I don't know if Umar necessarily wants to go in and just look for a wrestling match unless he gets clipped. Yeah. I think if he gets clipped, then he's going to be like, okay, now it's time to go to our grappling. Yeah. No, I think he can. I mean, look, he can clearly. Five-rounder. Oh, that's interesting, too. Five-rounder. That's the only thing that I think uh, could really break down Umar. Um, you think so? I felt like Sandy well, can slow down against Cheeto, and I don't know if that was because well, he kept, like, he, the amount of output he was putting against Cheeto's no output. Yeah. Well, I thought that was, was the big why. thing. I thought he just, even though I thought, you're right, he slowed down. I don't want to see. I thought strategically it was just the right move. Like, you know, you're up, you just dominate the first three rounds. Like, okay, this motherfucker, I'm just not going to let him touch me the last two rounds. I'll just do whatever. I'll, I'll footwork, whatever. I'll circle for the next two rounds. Like, but I'm going to yeah. bank these three rounds because I know this guy's a slow starter, which I think is what uh, San Hagen said. Now, again, you can argue he did the same thing against Jan. Jan was a shorter notice fight, so maybe he will just naturally slow down. But Yeah. Um, and then also Song Yudong. Song Yudong. I felt like he started to slow down just a little bit as well. That's possible. And it's just those guys who just plot forward and that might just give look for trying to cut you off and throw haymakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the tough stylistic, I mean, the, again, like a tough style for San Diego to deal with. Um, but not to his credit, he's definitely fought the better guys. Um, he's definitely fought the higher level guys, fought five rounds before. So I yeah. think those factors should go in his favor. Man, that Twice now, right? Um, Cheeto and now, and Song Yudong. Oh, well, uh, TJ. TJ. Oh, and this is going to be his fourth main event. Damn. No, so he's had a uh, yeah, good amount of five-round experience. So, And again, the wow. TJ fight, again, I thought he won too. Uh, so, yeah, a good amount of five-round experience. Um, yeah, beat TJ, beat Cheeto, lost to Jan. But again, yeah, uh, all good fights. And I think, man, that, that is a great fight. That is a, I, I, I credit to <laughs> San Hagen for even taking that fight. So if I'm looking at this, I'm San Hagen, and I'm going to give you guys my breakdown analysis. Okay, San Hagen has the great footwork. And if I'm him, I'm going to use my footwork to keep Umar guessing. Probe my jab like San Hagen normally likes to do. Uh, Umar has a really good check right hook that he uses when guys get close and try mm-hmm. to, to rush in. It's kind of similar to um, Makachev, I would mm-hmm. say, uh, that he used against uh, Oliveira a lot and a lot of uh, previous opponents as well. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, how can I stay long? And Umar, he throws those... Teeps and um, back leg push kicks kick, where it's like super go-go gadget extension mm-hmm. and he'll throw that question mark kick yeah, yeah, yeah. that no, comes out of nowhere. And fast, yeah. couple things. What does Umar's gas tank look like in a five-round fight? What does it look like when he goes when he goes and gets pushed the distance in a three-round fight? We've never seen that just <clears> yet. He's been pretty much in control Dominant. where he's taking guys down or just cruises standing up and doesn't have to do too much. Now, Sanhagen, I, I'm looking at it. If I get taken down... I got to create the scramble. I can't let this guy settle on top of me, wrist ride, trap my legs, and just keep me pushed up against the cage or get to my back mm-hmm. where he could get to the body lock and just beat me up and keep tripping me and making me work and carrying his weight. If I'm Umar, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to stay on the outside, pick my shots with my kicks, um, stay long with my jabs, and uh, maybe throw those kicks to the body and then maybe come up, stop up top with the question mark kick because mm-hmm. he's very... He has a great dexterity in both his lead leg from the right-hand side and the, the conventional side with the left leg. Mm-hmm. So if I'm him, I'm trying to figure out which way is my best way of attacking. You watch the way Barney um, Barcelos pressured him yeah. and got off a couple of things that he was successful with. Like, he didn't land anything substantial, but he had a little bit of success yeah, where he was kind of dictating the pace a mm-hmm. little bit. If I'm saying, hey, I'm looking at that, I'm looking at the fight with Nate Maness. 
How did Nate Maness not get submitted? What was he doing that was different? Um, and how can I change things where I'm not just hanging out on, on my back and being comfortable? That's a big thing. And I think that could be the difference. Yeah. If I'm uh, Umar, if I take him down, I'm not hanging out in the garden getting caught with elbows. I'm posturing up the same way Sanhagen did against Cheeto, where Cheeto was starting to rain elbows as soon as he got taken down in that first round. But mm -hmm. once Sanhagen postured up, he got his, his ass off the ground, his head above his, and started raining big shots. He started doing big damage. So I'm, I'm looking at it in different ways. Both guys can impose their will, so to speak. And I think that's going to be the, uh, the, the deciding factor. With that said, I, I don't really know who I'm leaning towards. I feel like I kind of have to go towards the wrestler. I, I think typically so. do. Yeah. So I'm leaning towards Umar in this one, but I would not be surprised if San Hagen comes up with a great game plan to do damage. And it's not like the 55 with the Dagestani guys. When the Dagestani guys at this weight class, I think when they get to the upper top five, they're going to run into, which is really just Umar, he's going to run into some guys that can actually grapple and give Absolutely. him some pushback. And then it's going to come down to who has the bigger will to win, especially when you're both wearing the damage. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's very important. Like, it's easy to dominate when you're dominating the competition and you're, you're the you're hammer. You're supposed to win. Yes. But when you become the nail a little bit and it gets a little bit uncomfortable, what side of you is going to show? And I'm not saying Umar doesn't have that dog in him, but we, we haven't seen it. And that's always the beautiful thing about fighting. We, we love to see when someone gets tested to see how they do in those high-pressure situations. With that said, I'm going towards Umar. I think... <clears throat> You know what's funny? I might have to go towards Sandhagen just because I like the guy who's. Oh, because you're from long. Colorado? What oh, kind he, of bullshit a, is this? Holy shit. Are you from Dagestan now? <laughs> I'm from Dagestan. Um, Dude, I got to piss like crazy. Damn. Wait, let me see. I mean, that was a good one. Unless this is through the main event. Ilya Taporia versus Ilya Josh Emmett. Come on. You know I'm going. I'm, my Georgian man, Ilya Taporia, you know I'm going his way. 13 and 0. 13 and 0. Look at. Is he. I mean, uh, no, he fought. Bryce at featherweight too. So now he's, come on, that guy's a hammer. I think he should get this done. 26, dude. It's 26. Terrifying. Actually terrifying. 26, young, hungry. I mean, put him in there against any of the contenders. I think he'll do just fine. I really want to see him against Barbosa. That would have been a fun oh, fight. Man, that would have been crazy. That would have been a the fun Evloev fight. The fight. Oh, there's a lot of good fights. I mean, Josh Emmett coming off that Yair loss. Oh, he was um, supposed to fight Evloev too. Damn, and Charles Jordan. These would have been really fun fights that got canceled. Yeah, I mean, this is, look, this is a uh, fun fight too. I don't know, that's, this should be fireworks. Either way, it should be fireworks. I think one guy, no matter what, is getting slept. Dude, I gotta pee so bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go ahead and take your piss. Oh, thank God. Guys, thank you for having me on. Follow me on Teeve and Wee or whatever. Uh, I'll do, I'll rap. And uh, so just let me do this real quick. Boom. Shout out Nerd Focus. So for me, I, I think this fight with Josh Emmett versus Taporia, you got a classic boxer versus boxer. The difference between the boxing, though, is that Taporia tends to go to the body, come upstairs, and he strikes with a lot more volume. Doesn't really kick too much. Josh Emmett, I don't remember him being a guy that kicks too much, and I think that's going to be the difference. Who's going to have the better combinations? Where if Josh Emmett touches you, we know he sits a lot of people down, floors them, uh, the thing with Toporia, he will cripple your body to the part where it just shuts to the point where it just it shuts your body down with that liver shot and then comes upstairs and he just sends guys to the next dimension. And that could be the difference. The volume and the combinations of Toporia versus the just brute power of Josh Emmett. Will Josh Emmett use his grappling at all? Use some of the wrestling, press him against the cage, try to wear in Toporia in a five-round fight, or will Toporia just be that guy who goes out there? 
looks for the early finish in the first round and gets him out of there. 26 years old. He's got the world at his fingertips. And I, I, I feel like this is a very winnable fight for him stylistically. And that's what I'm most excited to see. What is Emmett going to do in the sense of making those adjustments to beating a guy like Taporia, who hits hard, he's super fast with his combinations, and yeah, that's really that's really it. Emmett, how old is he? 38 years old, the elder. Emmett's reached 70, and Taporia's reach is bum, 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 69. So he's got a little bit of a reach advantage, but they're both relatively the same height. I think this one's going to be fireworks. I wish I get to, I would be able to watch this, but I'm going to actually be at a bachelor party for one of my best friends. So unfortunately, I won't be able to go there to watch. I would have went down and get some training around there as well. But it is what it is. I'm looking forward to this fight. 145 is starting to really heat up with some new faces starting to come into the mix. I think that's what's making this division a lot more fun. We got Yair Rodriguez. And I think the winner of this, mostly for Taporia or even Emmett, if Yair wins... This opens the door right back up for, well, actually it doesn't because he just fought. Yeah, so if Emmett, if Emmett wins, if Emmett wins and Volkanovski wins, I think it opens the door back up for Emmett to fight for a title again, kind of, maybe, or maybe with one more. Where if Taporia wins, I think he potentially just jumps in there and fights the winner of Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovski unifying the belt. And, of course, you got Brendan Allen right there. You got Max Holloway. I forget who Max is actually fighting, but that's going to be a good one as well, man. This is so many good fights to come that I'm looking forward to. And I can't wait. So let me let me actually take a look. You got Calvin Cater there as well. It's been a while. And Holloway is fighting Chang Song Jong. So, yeah, it's a very interesting time in this division. I wasn't sure if um, Cheng Sung Jung was going to fight again after losing to Volkanovski the way he did. It was pretty dominant and one-sided as it can get. Volkanovski was even starting to feel bad, you know, with the, the pressure and the, the beating that he was putting on him. So this is going to be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup with those guys as well. But Taporia versus Emmett, it's a bomb burner, man. That's, that's I think, is guaranteed someone's getting put out. Like... Unless they both start to respect the power so much, or one of them is just going to be like, I'm going to bite down on my mouthpiece, and if I connect, I know the fight's over. I think that's what the fight might come down to. Sometimes the game goes like that, and whoever lands that first shot, that first big shot, I think is going to be the one that goes home with the W. So I'm looking forward to that, and I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. Some other fun fights on this card. Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe. Uh, Brandon Allen versus Bruno Silva, David Anama versus Gabriel Santos, Amanda Hebas versus Macy Barber, Randy Brown versus Wellington Tuman. Some good, good ones, man. I'm looking. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun card, I think. Yes, it's gonna be a Trevor Peak. That guy's fun to watch. Eight and zero, undefeated, one fifty five. Fun fights, man. Tatsuro uh, Tiara, thirteen and zero, taking on Clayton Rodriguez. So we're going to do more of a breakdown later this week. But for now, we'll leave it at this. I don't want this episode to be way too long. I think we got some good stuff. Phenomenal fights coming up. Cannot wait. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Or spin it back, fist, baby. Thank you to Stephen Lee. Thank you to everybody. Again, Cage Fury, shout out you guys. 
Much love. Stay blessed. Stay safe, people. I'll see you guys soon. Peace.